Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, uh, the senior basketball writer for Rotowire. You can also find his stuff at DraftKings, CBS Sports, and the newly launched DK Nation, Alex Reclean. What's up, man? Hey, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for bringing me along. We're, this is a the second time on the podcast. I'm pretty sure. I think you're you're you get your second year Letterman jacket sent to you <laughs> after this. Um. Yeah. At least I I would have actually guessed third, but I'm but definitely this been the, here at least some. The third time. It might have been the third time. You might be right about yeah. that. I don't know. It's been um. Um, a long, uh, I guess, a long-standing uh, uh, tradition to have some people on before the season starts to get different perspectives uh, on, you know, preparing for drafts. And this is like what the busiest time of the year, pretty much. Yeah, um, I mean, probably most drafts are kicking into high gear this weekend. So. Either that, or drafts have already started, and people are already taking a look at the waiver wire. You know, I'm excited for games to start in a couple of days. Yeah, I mean, there might be still some people out there who have a, a couple of drafts right before the season starts. I know after the season starts, like I think some people might not really. I would prefer to have it the day before, the couple of days before the season starts. But if you really have to, like, why not that first week? whatever like if yeah. it's better to play than not oh definitely and and basketball has a way of sneaking up on people more than some other sports do i think um you know i think that because basketball starts like in the middle of football season it kind of the early basketballs just really it, I, I think it sneaks up on a lot of people and also basketball doesn't have the same start date every year um, because they keep lengthening the season to try to get more rest days in. Yeah, they keep kind of changing around. I think a lot of people are going to wake up on uh, Tuesday, October twenty second, and they're going to uh, they're going to go, wait, why why is there so much NBA news on my on my Twitter feed? Because because yeah. there's actually real games being played on Tuesday. Like it's it's really soon. Yeah, um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. And I think preseason's now over. There are no more preseason games. Uh, yeah, I think we're we're in the thick of it almost, and so maybe I can get a uh, a little perspective from you of just maybe maybe like how you prepare for your uh, for your drafts and uh, what you kind of look forward to uh, as the season after after you've drafted. Like, what do you do maybe as the season starts? So, I you know I mean one of the things that I do in the off season is I come up with my own set of rankings. It's a somewhat laborious process. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that, but if you do that at any point, if you come at any point, create your own set of rankings, you kind of only have to do it once. Um, you, I mean, you, you'll play with it and you'll update it as the season goes, but you never really have to go through and, do a thorough revisiting if if you don't want to um and I, I that really helps that really sets the groundwork um but 
if you don't have time to do that or if you don't want to do that or if you're only in one or two leagues um a lot of the time what i'll do or um is i will sort of try to envision okay i'm picking eighth it's a 12 team league i you know most of my friends are fans of the bulls and the celtics so i know that the bulls and the celtics are going to get drafted earlier than they should and i'm going to try to envision literally pick by pick through the first um you know seven or eight picks who do i expect expect will be available and i'm going to try to sort of sketch out a draft plan to make sure that i'm building cohesive players um with complementary skills I find like that takes a little bit of um, t- like takes time, takes a little bit of practice. Uh, I, I like to do a lot of mock drafts just to f- get a feel for um, not just the players that will come up if I'm doing a snake draft, but also to kind of understand. I might think these this team builds well, but then I look at it after everybody else's draft and realize that the team that I built might have been you know, best players available or might've felt like it was a, a team being built uh, under a certain type of build. And I'm really not adequate at the categories I thought I'd be great at. Uh, I, I've seen that a lot of times where I'm like, yeah, I got Steph Curry. I don't have to worry about three pointers. We still got to get some three pointers later in the draft. So yeah. getting all like, you know, all these guys who don't shoot threes uh, ends up actually really hurting you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can never, do too many mock drafts um that's uh that's definitely a useful and important part of uh of of the prep i I guess i kind of forget about it because i uh i don't think of those as draft prep anymore because i do so many of them just with industry people trying to come up with articles it it, it's all it almost feels like work at this point i mean (laughs) that is that is sad the one thing that we enjoy doing all i really enjoy doing the mock drafts and it's for it to become your job i mean actually it's cool it's it's awesome it's cool it's awesome having having a mock draft feel like feel like i'm doing my job like being when i being able to say to my wife in august (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, honey, I need to do a mock draft for work is actually an awesome sentence. Um, See, I have I cannot, no, no qualms about that. <laughs> I could not tell my boss that I'm doing mock drafts at work. He would be very <laughs> unhappy with me. So um, I try to stay out of that situation. Uh, but like, I, I think this is like a very unique year. We have a lot of uh, kind of changing mm. of the guard. We have a lot of young talent in the league um i'm finding a lot of really interesting guys uh going in the in the 30 to 40 range which i feel opens up like the like the fifth round feels like there's a ton of guys who are going um fairly uh at value you know i'm seeing guys like lamarcus aldridge Otto porter kind of these old names uh that people maybe are kind of tired of but guys who finish in the top 40 all the time kyle lowry is like getting picked in like the 60s in some of these drafts um and do you like you've been looking into the bias that we have for young players, especially for rookies? Um, and I think you, you said you had an article coming out about that very soon, right? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I will be able to publish this to you know Sunday. Um, I've been working on so, I mean, you and I have talked about this on Twitter at least before, you know, the concept of, of never rookie. Um, and so I'm trying to like sort of 
put all of that theory into one spot and, and really have sort of one some summary article of what I mean when I say never rookie and, and why I think that this is an important strategy. Um, and, and what I mean when I say never rookie is never use a valuable pick on a rookie. Don't, don't draft a rookie in the top 100. Um, but when I, but I actually include the idea that you should draft rookies with your late picks, you know, to me, that's a part of the um, never rookie, like in fantasy football, you know, zero running back. It doesn't mean leave your draft without running backs. It means don't draft running backs early. Um, don't <laughs> don't place uh, a greater value on them than needed. But like, I really want to quickly. I, I, I'm sure you're aware of this because like this is something you do for a living. Uh, ADP on Yahoo for Zion Williamson. 29.3 which i mean he's kind of a unicorn in, in, in a way so um john morant 68.7 i do feel like that's a, a little high uh, and those are the those are basically the top two and then you have people like uh um what's his name darius garland um he's i, I think he's being picked more at the at the end of drafts so brandon clark's yeah. 123 brandon clark so, and Rui are the next two right yeah i think so and i I used to be on a never on the never uh, rookie island with you, um, and over the last few years, I feel like I've kind of switched my view on the never rookie because the the old adage the easy the easy way into this conversation is KD sucked as a rookie, and yeah. KD's obviously like a top five player in the league, right? But Carl Anthony Towns was a great rookie, and Anthony Davis was a really good rookie, and Kristaps Porzingis was a pretty good rookie. Uh, I feel like the these rookies are getting bigger playing, uh, more playing time, maybe simply because the teams they're ending up on are all just tanking anyway, so they get more playing time, and I feel like there's a lot more talent in the league too. So um, what, I, what I found when I've looked into this is um, – there are valuable rookies every year. Um, every year, there, on average, uh, there is one or two rookies that finish in the top 80. Um, there are occasionally years, it's actually pretty rare, where there are more than that. Kristaps um, Porzingis um, and actually both of the last two years, so actually three of the last four years, have been pretty successful for rookies in terms of fantasy production, um, much more so than any of the decade before them. But the, the problem with just focusing on fantasy finishes is most of the rookies who are finishing uh, valuable for fantasy weren't drafted. The, the, the rookies that are doing well in fantasy aren't the rookies that we are identifying during the preseason. Kristaps Porzingis, his ADP was, I believe, 183. Um, it was it was very poor. Actually, I remember drafting him at the end of my draft being like, oh, man, you guys are so stupid. I, I got a <laughs> real steal here. And then about two days into the season, not following my – literally the, the the advice I give to everybody, don't don't panic, don't make any rash moves. Uh, it was a, kind of a shallower league, so I dropped him like two days into the season. That was really dumb. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he's he's one of the ones who really did work out. Um, but so a big part of the whole ne this whole never rookie concept 
is we're terrible at predicting who the best rookies are going to be. So I went back since 2007. Um, the fantasy community has correctly predicted who would be the number one rookie was five times. So that's five times in 12 years. And okay. I, I don't have good data before 2007. So there's not a lot of good rookies before 2007. I do feel like the fact that rookies matter is kind of a a, a recent trend. So the thing is, all of the times, all five times that we that we the fantasy community successfully predicted who the best rookie would be, it was a wire to wire number one draft pick: DeAndre Ayton, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis. Kyrie Irving. And in all five of those seasons, the second best rookie was not who the fantasy community expected. So when, when you have a wire to wire number one pick, which Zion does qualify as sometimes those players are worth drafting as a rookie. But when you don't have that kind of wire to wire number one pick, then even the first rookie drafted is probably not going to be the correct best rookie. The other problem with never rookie, the, the other problem with drafting rookies, the other reason that I'm a rookie is because we overvalue, you know, the rookies are the shiny object and we reach too high for them. Um, so, it's, um, it's kind of like favoring the unknown. It's like, I yes. know that LaMarcus Aldridge uh, is going to be like 20 and nine with like a, you know, with, he's not going to hit any threes, but he's going to have good percentages. But was exactly. if, was if Jaron Jackson Jr. is 20 and nine with a three and better blocks, I, I, he could be almost as good or better than LaMarcus Aldridge. And it's like, well, or you could just definitely get LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> right. Exactly. We, we, with, with veterans, we know what their strengths and what their weaknesses are. And with rookies, we tend to only imagine their strengths, and we focus on the upside. Um, I, I tweeted this. Um, I just lost the page. Um, I had it open when you <laughs> called me, and I and I clipped, clipped out of it. Um, it'll take me a second to fill it back up. Um, while I'm looking for that, I can pull back this graph that I have. Um, you know, it, in the uh, Two years ago was the best year for rookies. Um, Is that the that Ben Simmons? Yeah, the year? Ben Simmons okay. year. So yeah, I we actually had, have, I have that up. It's like Donovan Mitchell. Yep, uh, we had per game. Like no one saw Donovan Mitchell coming at all. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. We had six rookies finish in the top 100. It's the only time in the last 12 years that we had more than five or more than four finish in the top 100. Uh, so two extra rookies finished really well, but in that year, so Ben Simmons, we expected to finish first and he did Donovan Mitchell, according to ADP, um, he was expect, he was drafted 10th among rookies. He that's not drafted in most drafts. Um, the fourth best rookie was drafted 11th, um, Meanwhile, the third and fourth and sixth and seventh rookies were all dropped. They were all they all finished outside of the fantasy top two hundred. Um, 
So the rookies that we drafted made it to waivers and it was a great year for rookies, just not for the rookies that we drafted. I think that's actually maybe the difference is that I kind of take the uh, the original never rookie as, hey, just never never draft rookies because they never finish in the top 100. And that that piece has actually changed. Um, even just last year, you have Aiton, Luca, Trey, Mr. Robinson on on the blocks technicality, Jaron Jackson Jr. all <laughs> finishing in the top 100, right? Uh, but even like some very like uh, interesting guys uh, like Kevin Herter. Shea Gilders Alexander, uh, all those guys are kind of being focused on this year. Um, all those guys are going to be can fantasy we, relevant. I love talking about rookies, but can we pause for a sec? Are you able to explain to me why people are drafting Kevin Herter? Kevin Herter? Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, uh, I, I. It's a decent I question. I have it. no he's idea. Outside, he's outside the top 150 on my big board. I don't have him anywhere. I love when everybody, I love that everyone's drafting him. It's just like a free pick like every everyone that's one more player that i can get but you know i mean of course i would i'm okay with drafting him in a deep league but i does he have standard league value or why am i um so yeah like this is i'm kind of with you i'm like okay like i remember kevin herter was on that team and i remember he played for them every once in a while but like let's just say best case scenario is playing like 34 minutes a game if you get credit for minutes, definitely draft Kevin Herter. But yeah. if that's one of your categories, uh, don't know what you're doing. <laughs> but he hits some threes. He gets some assists. He's like, um, I guess, like, are the threes the key here? Because he they can't shoot free throws, be. and he gets about a steal a game. And there's a like and Seth Curry. Why not get Seth Curry? I or uh, yeah, uh, Austin Rivers. I, I, I don't. Eric Gordon's like not even being drafted in in some leagues, and I'm like, yeah. Eric, last time I checked, Eric Gordon was hitting like three and a half threes a game. Uh, so why are you going after anybody else for threes when he's on the board? Like, I, if we're drafting a young wing on the Hawks, I'd rather the potential upside of DeAndre Hunter. Like, at at least there, there's a possibility of something. I, Kevin Herter. He finished 181st last year, and he was worse than that over the last two months of the season. He's 21. It's not like he was like an 18 year old, 19 year old rookie. He's, he's 21 currently. Right. And like, I, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with him as a player. I think that he was a good draft pick for the Hawks. It makes sense that they are, you know, excited about him as part of their long term plans. And I understand feeling like he has some upside in a dynasty league. But in a redraft league, I just – are we sure he's draftable? Mm. He's going to be on a lot of waiver wires, like, very, very quickly. Very quickly. Especially when you see, like, certain people just com- being completely overlooked. Uh, one, of the, one of the guys uh, – and maybe we can talk about some of the older guys since we've been talking about these young guys uh, that I see continuously getting overlooked is Danny Green. Mm, Danny Green yeah, great. I – He's my most recently published uh, big board actually has him way too low. I get in and publish an update that bumps him up. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of minutes. And I, you know, this is 
Yeah, that Dang. was kind of my that was my uh, immediate look when I was looking through the depth charts. Uh, I go, all right, who's playing for the Lakers? All right, who does LeBron love to play with? Guys who stand in the corner and shoot threes. Okay, cool. Check mark. Uh, oh, there's really nobody else on this team who plays good defense on the wing. Check mark. He only played 27 minutes a game last season. Um, and even in like limited minutes, yeah, he was 107 per game. And then down the stretch, like in the second half, he only played like 26 minutes a game. And you're looking at three threes and a steal. So he's like doing what Kevin Herter did in 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and he shooting 50, <laughs> 50%. He so outperformed like, Kevin Herter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he strikes me as a, a, a pr- I, I, my initial reaction and the reason I had him low when I did my initial ranks over the summer is because I, there was just so much confusion and lack of clarity around the Lakers, um, how they would, how they would manage their rotation and what the minutes allocation would be. But just the more we've sort of seen their preseason, the more we've heard them talk and just the more I've had a chance to, to sit and think about it and try to figure it out. Um, I just don't see how he does all that much worse than he did last year. Um, There's no reason for him to be worse than last year. Uh, well, I mean, 32 as opposed to 31. But but his game is not the type of game that falls off a cliff in your young 30s. I'm not worried about his first step. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> Neither is... Neither is Danny Green. He's not worried about that first step either. He ain't stepping nowhere. He He's just going to stand it. Step in college. I, that's just not his game. No, not at all. I actually think this kind of leads really well into um, the the lightning round that I, I we've been trying to put to people when they come visit us here on watching the boxes. Um, and I'm going to start kind of in the middle because we're talking about it. You're talking about taking rookies, um, obviously not with a valuable pick, because now rookies are valuable. They are finishing in the top 100 but taking a swing at them because we just don't know who these rookies are going to, the ones that are going to like break out are going to be. We kind of have an inkling every once in a while, but like we, it's, it's still a bit of an unknown. So do you have yeah. any favorite last picks with rookies? And even if they're not rookies, cause like Danny Green's one of my favorite last picks, but who are your favorite last picks this season? Um, so I, I, up until this past week, I was getting a lot of Michael Porter jr. With my last pick. Um, do you think the playing time is there for him, though? I don't think so. No, personally. I don't. No, I don't. But the upside is worth it. Um, when I look at, you know, 140 people have already been drafted and I'm taking one of the last guys, I'm my thought process is who has the best chance to be a top 60 player if things break right? My, I'm not worried about who has the best chance to be a top 120 um with, with literally with my last pick um that that's my thinking and i think that he's got the talent theoretically at least that if he earns his way onto the floor it, it will be in such a way that he has that he has that ceiling um but you know i i also like monte morris as a very late pick but that's he's got no ceiling that's or, or he's got a, a hard ceiling but he's just got like a better floor he's not gonna like he's gonna play for sure Mon, yeah monte morris is gonna play 
and he's going to finish in the top 150 in nine cat. Um, and it's probably going to be pretty boring. <laughs> it's valuable um, and it's, it's valuable and it's boring in like a lot, a lot of the things, <coughs> excuse me, that I talk about is the, those, those plateaus. And once you're, you know, from like 45, 50 to 75, all those players are pretty close together. And then 75 to like 120 are pretty close together. After that, it's really kind of a crapshoot. And when you're talking about someone who has, uh, you know, a very low but hard ceiling like Monte Morris, like there's going to be another Monte Morris on the waiver wire that does 80 to 95% of what Monte Morris does probably at all times. So you yeah. might as well take a swing at the end of your draft. Exactly, which is why I've, I've gotten so much Michael Porter Jr., because it's got so much more upside. Um, another one who I really like late is um, Harry Giles, another sort of shot in the dark. Um, I, I looked at it. Uh, I, I got to mention this in an article I did last week. Harry Giles per 36 numbers uh, as a rookie compare very favorably to Boogie Cousins um, per 36 rookie numbers. Really? Interesting. Yeah, it, it's it's both similar and advantage Giles. Um, now that's per 36, um, you know, Boogie played more minutes and Boogie didn't have the same injury history. Um, and Boogie didn't have uh, so many other bigs on the roster competing for minutes like Giles does. So there's a lot that could get in the way here. But Giles is another player who... Um, the upside is really, really high. So he's someone I'm targeting with my last pick. Um, and then another player who I've been getting a lot very late um, is someone who I'm surprised qualifies as a potential last pick, and that's Landry Shamit. Um, I thought his ADP would be a lot higher. I didn't think he would qualify as a potential last pick, um, but he's been there at the end of every 12-team draft I've been in. I haven't heard uh actually it's kind of weird like i think i heard a little bit of buzz about landry shamit like i don't know like weirdly like midsummer, and then it just disappeared and it never came back and i was always like well he's he's gonna play he's 22 um he's like, he's fairly decent yeah he's probably starting for them and um like I, yeah, I, I, I just don't know what that upside is. Like, I don't know what, what that if he has a, like a much higher ceiling than it's a lot know. higher than Kevin Herter. Um, Tyler Hero. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I he he Im, he showed fairly steady improvement throughout his rookie season, which is something that you like to see. Um, the Clippers seem invested in giving him a lot of minutes once he arrived. You know, another positive sign. Uh, he averaged two, uh, almost three threes a game for the Clippers. Um, you know, he doesn't do a lot on defense, and his field goal percentage is something to be concerned about. But he could be a medium scorer, big source of threes, you know, sort of, sort of well, a, a like a, a almost Gary Harris like a we a poor man's Gary Harris type game in the steals. Yeah. Less steals, more threes, but the same sort of 
same similar sort of sort of a stat profile. There's, there's um, a big Paul George sized hole on that team for the for uh, in yeah. scoring and possessions and shots uh, that will probably be there till November ish, which a lot of people yeah. coming out. Of, I, I bumped him way down in my rankings. People are like, "What are you doing?" Is Paul George? He's great. I'm like. I know what Novemberish means. It means yeah. mi- it means mid December, and it means I'm not back into playing shape and with my new team until like the All Star break. Right, but so if you can grab Landry Shamit late in your drafts, and then he has a good first two and a half weeks, and it's you know it's now it's the first week of November, and you know we we're not yet in the hey Paul George are you time frame um so you know ship landry shamit when his value is pretty high you might have just turned your last pick into a second ninth or tenth pick you know that's a lot of value if you can pull that off and and that's what you're looking for in those last picks uh we're talking about last picks with like high upside do you have like maybe like one or two like young breakout candidates that are actually being like purposely and and correctly picked uh, maybe second, third, fourth year players that are being picked in the middle of the draft that you think could maybe break out to be a top 40, top 30 player this year? Uh, do they have to be on the younger side? Sorry. If uh, you know what? They, they, they really don't. Well, whoever your hot, uh, two hottest sleepers are, I guess. Um, sorry. I, I don't know if you can hear that. My, my computer is uh, making a bunch of sounds at me. Oh, you're all good. Um, um I think that two older centers who I think are just getting drafted way too late um, are Brooke Lopez and um, Sergey Ibaka. Um, I, they just yeah, they're Ibaka's going good. like past hundred. Yeah, they're they're just at some point you just got to draft a player who's so much more talented than everyone else on the board. Um, so I'm I'm very high on both of them. Um, Oladipo, I I'm I've been taking that risk a little earlier than a lot of other people. I've ended up with him on a lot of a lot of my drafts. Um, obviously, there is the disaster case of he doesn't come back until January, and when he does, he's a shell of himself. But there's also the potential that he comes back in November, and you've got a season winner. Um, you know, you can, I think for a, a sixth round pick, I'm okay with a season, a seat with a big swing in, in, at that point. Um, I, I think that is worth it. Um, I've also been getting a lot of Hassan Whiteside. Uh, he's another guy I've been getting a ton in the middle rounds. Um, it's worth the risk simply because of the, if you're in a head to head league, especially because hmm. someone's got to play on that team. And, uh, you know, I think Zach Collins is going to be very good, right? But, like, Zach Collins is also going to play some four, and they're going to need somebody like Hassan Whiteside to play decent minutes. And in decent minutes, Hassan Whiteside does get you very good rebounds and blocks. Yeah. Um, and, hey, he's been talking about uh, assists. Oh, uh, give me get the, hell out, <laughs> get the hell out of here, Hassan Whiteside. I'm, Averaging I'm, a triple double, get the hell out of here. I, I, I choose to believe in Hassan Whiteside assist machine. <laughs> you, might be, you might be a little bit, uh, that might be a little bit too ridiculous even for me. 
Um, are there any players that you're not like touching at all? Like you're not like every player basically has a place where you would draft them. Like you were saying, like you got to draft these players. But who's someone you're like, even when they get to the point where it's like, okay, this feels like a good value. I still don't want to touch this guy. So I'm, I got in a big Twitter fight with people. I think you got involved in this too earlier this week about always involved. There's a Twitter fight. I'm always involved. Yeah. Uh, about Drew holiday. I, to me, he's a third-round pick. I'm terrified of the Pelicans. Um, I don't believe that a 29-year-old is going to, for the first time, be a first-round value. I, I, I just... Uh, he's, he's 29 years old. He's got more point guards on his roster than he's ever had before. He's got more talent on his roster than he's ever had before. I get that they play at a fast pace and that he's very good and that his usage rate will probably go up. I get all of those things, but there's way too much risk for me to get him at where he's actually going. Um, scrolling. I, I, I do. I do hear the concern of being like, all right, I'm going to take a, like 11th or 12th pick on him. It seems a little high in, Till you maybe maybe you talk yourself into and I, I you have to talk yourself into taking Drew Holiday in the first round because I'd rather have like Bradley Beal, but by a mile, like, but yeah, definitely. But like Kimba Kimba Walker is like the next best guard. So like Kyrie to me is a first round player. That's I think that's no brainer. Um, Damian Lillard is a first round player. I think that's no brainer. Then it's Bradley Beal, Drew Holiday, and Kimba Walker, and then there's a big fat drop off to like Chris Paul and Mike Connolly for your guards. So if you want to go guards are at a very, very big premium. I think that gives people with drew holiday stats and drew holiday is great at steals. He's really good at uh, his, like his percentage are solid. I mean, his free throw is not that great, but uh, he almost, he almost gets a block game. Yeah. yeah. I'd be happy to have him on my roster. I just, I'm not getting him at where he's going at all. You want to take him on the turn. You're not. You're not getting. If you go with Kawhi on the turn and say you don't take a guard on the turn with your first round pick, your second round pick. By the time it gets back to you in the third round, you're not going to have any guards to choose from. I'm okay with Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul is being underrated as well. And, but you could probably and, get um, and get Drew Holiday, and that's a pretty nice team. I. I mean, I'm okay with Chris Paul, and I love Mike. Con- and um, I don't I, love I'm any of these other second round players. Like, I just don't love um, DeAndre. Yeah, I, have, I, don't. I have a second round grade on Mike Conley, right? Now. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a second round grade on Mike Conley. So if I'm getting him at the end of the third, oh my God, I'm jumping all over. That. I think he's going to be very, very motivated this season. Um, See, I think you know that's uh, that's pretty much all. I think we all we have, uh, Alex. Where can people find you? Like you're writing all over the place. You got a <laughs> lot of stuff coming out. Uh, where should people first off hit you up on Twitter so they can find all your stuff? Yep. And uh, is there anything else you want to plug? Yeah, hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'm part of a, a a new site that just launched this past you know last month uh, called DK Nation. Um, focuses on uh, DFS embedding, but it's got some tradition, some season long traditional content as well. Um, and they're starting to roll out the basketball stuff 
in, in the in the now. Um, so hit that up. That's a part of the SB Nation family of stuff uh, called DK Nation. Um, it's kind of like a, like a wrestling faction. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like come, yeah. you guys come out and the crowd boos and you tell everybody so, to suck it. It sounds like it yeah, sounds exactly. a bit like that. So should you know so they trying to get some extra eyeballs on them since they're new. Um, and yeah, most of my stuff goes through RotoWire, uh, and the easiest way to keep track of what I do is to follow me on Twitter um, at my last name uh, R I K L E E N because uh, I tweet out all of all of my stuff. Alex is a a great resource, uh, not just before the season, during the season as well. He's got stuff on RotoWire. He's going to have other, uh, this, I'm going to check out this DK nation. Maybe, uh, you know, you guys should just start ripping off like old DX, uh, for your uh, (laughs) generation X stuff and and for your swag and start selling it. Like there's no way, even if you get like, uh, cease and desist letter you can use that as as like <laughs> as media like you'd be like we got a cease and desist letter from vince mcmahon like check this out yeah yeah that'd be solid um all right two uh three things to leave you on one i forgot to plug uh, i'm gonna be doing the weekly waiver wire articles for yahoo um starting this coming friday um so if you need waiver wire pickup advice head on over to yahoo every friday and i will be the author of those and two final players to leave you with who I have in at least 80% of my drafts. Uh, three players is Brooke Lopez, Dwight Powell, and uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I'm getting getting huge exposure to those three. Malcolm Brogdon's taken a real drop. And I, I kind of don't know why. Like, it's people were way more excited for Terry Rogier, and I'm like, I, I'd <laughs> rather have Malcolm Brogdon than Terry Rogier. So Malcolm Brogdon will literally double Terry Rogier's field goal percentage this year. Yeah, I feel it's, it will be like, he's going to get some it more assists. Be, and there's an Oladipo sized hole. To 50%. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a nice Oladipo sized hole on, on that team as well. So uh, someone's going to have to do something. And I think Malcolm Brogdon was brought in to do at least something. Yeah. But I like that. I like Dwight Powell too. I kind of like, I like those guys as well. Um, yeah. Guys, if you're not following Alex on Twitter, you need to. At Reclean. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll probably have you back on more than once a year. Like, that's really yeah, poor form on me. So thanks for joining us, man. <laughs> thanks for having me. And everybody, if you guys are liking the show, we have going to have a lot of content for you coming up here as the season starts. But if you want to get that content early, Go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes and subscribe and you'll get the waiver wire. You'll get the hot and cold players and you will get that content before everybody else in your league. So go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes or follow me on Twitter at watch the boxes. And we will catch you very soon for the start of the season. Like get, get excited everybody and have a great night. <laughs>